the Dave Witty Show. I'm your host, Dave Witty. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. Episode 15 is here. Um, first off, I want to say a big thanks to Claire Follett for coming on last week. Uh, we had a great chat. I mean, super interesting to get a perspective from a young person's uh, point of view about the scene, about the industry. Um, really enjoyed that chat. I mean, if, if you missed it, by all means, you can you can find it on all my social media channels. Uh, you guys know where to find me. It's up on YouTube and up on Spotify, of course. So yeah, just a big thanks to Claire for coming on last week. Really, really enjoyed that chat. Uh, got another great episode this week. I had Greg Bruce in, who is ch- such an interesting character. I mean, this guy is so well-versed in the music industry. He has uh, a ton of wealth, a wealth of knowledge, sorry, and, and experience. Um, you know, he's played in touring bands, and he's played in concert bands, and he's He's composed for the orchestra. I mean, he just has a really, really cool story, and and he's so knowledgeable. I mean, when you chat with Greg, he's, it's it's uh, it's compelling. Honestly, it's a just really, really, really great guy too. And um, you know, I really, really love having a chat with Greg. So you know, make sure you do stick around for that chat with Greg because he he provides you know just so much information, and uh, you know, he's just he's just a fun guy. You know, really, really, really great chat too. So uh, make sure you do stick around for that one with Greg. Uh, in the world of Davey, what's going on with me this weekend? I'm not doing a whole lot. I'm actually taking the weekend off from gigging. I'm going to head out to the to the cabin for the weekend and, and just kind of relax for the May 2-4 weekend and, and maybe do a little trouting. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, just going to take the weekend off. Had a great weekend last weekend. I did a bunch of gigs. I played at Golf Shots on Thursday. It was a lot of fun. Uh, great little room in Mount Pearl there. You know, great for watching sports, like, as, as I'd mentioned on, on previous podcasts and previous episodes. Uh, played there Thursday. It was a lot of fun. Did a little Friday afternoon gig at Shamrock City. They got a great fish and chip special on there. They always draw a little crowd on Friday afternoon. So, you know, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Friday night, I actually played my last Friday night skate. Um, you know, I play hockey twice a week on Mondays and Fridays. And Fridays, we play at the uh, historic St. Bonds Forum here in St. John's. The arena is actually 99 years old. Uh, next year is the 100th anniversary of St. Bonds Forum. It's a smaller rink. It's it's we only play four on four there, but you know we finished up the uh, our, our our winter season there Friday night, and then uh, after that I played another gig at uh, Trinity Pub. You know, and Trinity is a great little room for playing music. You always have people come in. You know, they don't cover. There's no cover charge there or anything, so you have people popping in all throughout the night. Uh, I love the staff there and stuff, so it's always a lot of fun doing that gig. Uh, and Saturday after, or sorry, Saturday evening, I, I played at the uh, Brackaloo Trail Brewing Company uh, in Bay Roberts slash Spaniards Bay. Um, and uh, just a great little room, great brewery, uh, lots of great beers on tap that they make there. Uh, not a big spot at all. I think their their capacity is like 50 without COVID, so it's, it's just a real small room, but nice and intimate. Always great reactions there, and, and, and you know, the crowd is always really, really happy to have some live music. Uh, they have live music every Saturday night, so make sure you do check them out. And, you know, thanks to uh, thanks to the staff out there for, for treating me so well. i got to say I really enjoyed that gig. And uh, Sunday, of course, I was back in my regular slot at Greensleeves, which was, uh, it was a pretty relaxed, pretty relaxed Sunday for, you know, compared to, to most uh, this, this Sunday. But, you know, it was a great crowd again, and I, I you know, had a lot of fun. So it was another action, uh, action-packed weekend full of music. So i got to say, I'm kind of looking forward to taking this weekend off and, and just doing a little relaxing. Um, definitely going to be taking in some, uh, some NHL playoff hockey action. Uh, I mean, the playoffs started, guys. I mean, these are... the just you know I'm, I'm recording here on tuesday there's obviously a few games tonight but the weekend was super 
super fun to watch. I mean, it just it's really interesting to watch these these teams play, and it's such a different feel for these playoffs because these teams have all played each other so many times throughout the regular season that they really know each other. I mean, I think every game except for one went to to overtime so far. I mean, so the teams really know each other. They're competitive. Playoff hockey is just such a different beast. It's such a different game to watch. It's so much more physical. Everyone is so much more aggressive. Uh, it really, really, you know, it amps it up. And on top of that, you know, in the U.S. right now, there's fans allowed in the stadiums. And I can't say how much fun it is to watch a game with with fans back in the, in the stadium. It just adds such a different level of excitement that it's, uh, you know, it's really, really great to see. Uh, you know, it looks like. Uh, it's going to be that way, you know, especially south of the border for the, for the majority of the playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see how the final four unfolds. I mean, obviously, we have Toronto play in Montreal here Thursday, Saturday, uh, and forward, obviously. And um, Edmonton are going to be playing Winnipeg. So they're, both those teams are going to face each other up here in Canada. And uh, so both of them, them matchups happen in Canada. And then the winner of those two matchups will play against each other uh, in uh, in Canada. And then it's kind of unforeseen what's going to happen it's going to be interesting to see how how that all unfolds uh if if the canadian teams are going to have to go south of the border and maybe play in a different arena down there are they going to bubble up are they going to uh are the u.s teams going to be allowed into canada so i mean it's going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds i'm 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 definitely looking forward to it and i'm just looking forward to the uh to the nhl playoff action i mean it's it's an exciting time for hockey it's an exciting time as a leafs fan i mean leafs and habs first round you couldn't have drawn it up any better i mean especially as a newfoundlander guys like if if you're listening from outside of newfoundland you have no idea how big the rivalry is here especially in newfoundland between uh leafs fans and habs fans so you know it's gonna be really exciting um I'm probably not going to get together with too many people to watch because I'm, I'm nervous. I'm always nervous. I mean, the Leafs have a history in the first round. And, uh, man, it would be nice to see them just get that off their back. Uh, you know, I, I think we got the right team put together. Uh, the goaltending's been 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 good. So it's uh, it looks like they're starting Jack Campbell, game one. It's been his net, you know, for the majority of the season now. So he gets his shot. It's going to be really, really interesting seeing Carey Price play for uh, Laval Rocket, which is their uh, AHL affiliate last Last night, um, you know, trying to get some reps in. So, you know, anything can happen. Carey Price has been arguably the best goaltender in the world. You know, so he, he'll, he'll be back. So, you know, hopefully we don't run into a hot Carey Price because that would be, uh, it would be scary. Uh, no doubt about it. But, I mean, lots of the other series has been great. Um, the Boston, Boston, Washington series is great. Just got so many storylines. I mean, you got Zdeno Chara who's playing against Boston, you know, Boston basically gave up on him and and he's playing for Washington now really, really neat. I mean, you got the Pittsburgh Penguins who are arguably maybe on their last run as that core group. I mean, with, with Crosby and, 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 and Malkin. And, uh, I mean, those guys are, uh, you know, they're not getting any younger. They're not old per se but i mean that's their core group uh the battle of florida has been has been super exciting i mean that game on sunday was one of the best hockey games i've ever seen tampa bay versus florida it was super entertaining exciting fast fans were in the building i mean it was really really cool uh got to catch the colorado game last night 
after our Monday night skate because I play hockey on Monday nights as well. And last night was the last one for for the uh, for Mondays for the season. I want to give a big shout out to all the guys who play hockey with on Monday, and an extra shout out to Mr. Andrew Kellaway for for organizing hockey for uh, for us uh, us guys all, all all winter long. And it's been challenging, I'm sure, with COVID and 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 just getting numbers out. And and uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I, I love. I've been so happy to get back into playing hockey the last couple of years. It's a great bit of exercise. You know, it's great getting to see the guys on a on a a couple times on a weekly basis and, and just getting out for a skate. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So, but yes, I did manage to catch the, uh, the Colorado St. Louis game last night. We've got a Newfoundlander who's, uh, who's playing fourth line for Colorado. Alex Newhook played just a few games in the regular season. And uh, now he's, you know, he's suiting up for the playoffs. So I'm definitely keeping my eye on Colorado. Uh, I actually picked the Islanders in a, uh, a little playoff pool I'm in with some friends from Kelly's, Kelly's Pub. So I got the Islanders. So right now, you know, I'm, I'm rolling with the Leafs, um, the Islanders, because there's a, a few dollars on it. And uh, I'd, I'd love to see Colorado make a little run. I mean, I like a lot of their guys, too. Rantanen, McKinnon, Landeskog, Kale McCarr. Uh, you know, our guy Nas Kadri is there. And, of course, you know, Newfoundland native Alex Newhook. So, uh, really looking forward to watching all that unfold. Basketball playoffs are, are here as well. The play-in series looks like it's going to be the Lakers versus, uh, um, you know, LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers versus Steph Curry and the and the Golden State Warriors. And essentially a one-game playoff. I think the way the, the play-in tournament works is the 7 and 8 seed play each other. And the winner becomes the 7 seed. And then the... Uh, uh, nine and ten teams play each other, and the winner of that team will face the loser of the seven and eight game to take the eighth seed. So kind of a weird, weird setup that they have going on there. But um, nonetheless, it's very, very interesting. So yeah, you know, uh, looking forward to both those. I mean, playoff sports is 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 is, is unreal. It makes you know, the game's so much more exciting. So uh, definitely going to be checking out a bit of sports this weekend. Probably going to be hitting the links myself maybe on Friday or Saturday. Looking like to be going to be a great weekend here in, in uh, on the East Coast, uh, on the Avalon. You know, pretty uh, double-digit temperatures. And uh, so I'm probably hitting the links maybe Friday or Saturday. Uh, hitting maybe Pitcher's Pond out, out towards the cabin way. And uh, uh, do, they got a great little nine hole out there. Uh, super cheap to play, and you can go out and just bang out, a, you know, nine holes in, in a couple hours, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I will be back Sunday for my gig at Greensleeves on Sunday evening. You know, it's a long weekend this weekend, so I'd be willing it's, it's going to be pretty pretty busy night there uh, at Greensleeves on Sunday. So, you know, if you're out around the weekend and, uh, you know, you're looking for some tunes, come and check me out uh, Sunday night at Greensleeves. Um, got my COVID vaccine booked, getting, uh, getting the vaccine, uh, first dose on, on the 7th of June. Uh, I think today as of uh, Tuesday, May 18th, they opened it up the uh, eligibility for anybody over the age of 12. So, uh, really things are getting rolling, really looking forward to being able to maybe, uh, get some normalcy going in, in the world and, and get out there and, and maybe hopefully do some traveling sooner and later. Cause I think everybody's got a bit of a travel bug going on. And so, yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much what's going on in my world, guys. Uh, I want you to stick around for for a great interview with Greg Bruce. I mean, just a really, really fun chat. Greg is so, so cool, and you know, he's so knowledgeable. It's uh, almost intimidating in a, in a way because he's it's you know we we both come from such vastly different worlds musically. I mean, he's he's uh, just super, super smart, and and uh, but I really love the chat, and he's such a great guy too. So you know, with that being said, I'm gonna flick it over. So make sure you stick around for a great interview with Greg Bruce.
And I'd like to welcome Greg Bruce to the podcast. Thanks for coming on, Greg. How you doing today? I'm doing grand, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks very much. I'm a little tired this morning. I, I had my final skate of the year last night. I play hockey on Monday nights with a bunch of guys from Mount Pearl. And they're taking the ice off this week. So last night was our first one. So we went a little hard last night, working real hard. And of course, in typical fashion, we ended in a 7-7 draw. So it was it was a you know great competitiveness out there. It was, it was a good, but it was a good laugh. But I'm feeling a little little uh, little sore in the legs this morning, but not too bad. Um, how are you doing, man? I know you're in Newfoundland right now. Uh, and I, I think we were chatting there the other night and you're heading back to Toronto soon, right? Uh, yes, indeed. So I'm, uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're flying back uh, tomorrow, which is a Wednesday. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So I just wanted to, you know, for anybody who, who may be unfamiliar with you, could you just give yourself a little introduction on, on who you are and kind of what you do? Yeah. Um, I'm, my name is Greg Bruce and I'm uh, from uh, St. John's uh, here in Newfoundland, Labrador. And uh, I'm primarily a saxophonist that um, I guess I've kind of like gone through the academic circuit circuit, but uh, I was going to say circus, but uh, maybe it's that too. Um, and, uh, and I've kind of played in a lot of different bands here in St. John's um, as kind of a side person, but I also kind of lead my own projects. I'm a composer and improviser, and currently I'm, I guess... This is really the third, the end of the third year of um, my time at the, the Doctor of Musical Arts program at the University of Toronto. So I'm kind of gone full, full academia, want to get that university job. Uh, you know, I guess I figured I did enough school and, and this was the, uh, this was the last, the missing, the missing piece to get that, uh, that big gig. Right. Yeah. No, I, I got to say, Greg, I mean, I've known you for quite a while um we've been on tour together you know we did it we did a couple fun trips with the with the baytown guys when i was living yeah. in toronto and obviously we've we've shared the stage uh numerous times here in st john's like uh but i gotta say man when i was i was really doing some some back prep on you and doing some research on you i was absolutely mind blown at the stuff that you're involved in man you are an incredible credible guy like the stuff i was myself and, and Taylor were sat down last night and, and we were uh, just going over some of the notes that I had prepared for this today. And uh, I was in awe at the stuff that you were involved in. It's very impressive. I have to say um, you're very innovative. Uh, you're very, um, you're brilliant. I mean, you're, you're, you are, I'm not, I'm not, not blowing smoke, stop, man. stop. I'm but you are blushing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had to say I was, I was, uh, I was uh, pleasantly, I, I mean, I, I knew what you're involved in. I knew the stuff that, that you do, but I was pleasantly surprised just to, it was such a breath of fresh air to really dig into that last night. So, um, you know, I, I do want to dig into a bunch of that stuff. I mean, sure. uh, you're involved in, in a ton of different stuff, like ton of different projects. I mean, like you mentioned, you've played in, in uh, countless bands here, obviously in the city and, and uh, you know, you do composing work, you do all kinds of different stuff. You're involved in the breakdancing scene. I mean, yeah. um, Wonderbolt Circus. I mean, there's That's been right. so, yeah. yeah, there's been so many different things that, that you've been involved in that are very, very neat uh, and very creative. And I, and I know, um, you know, it goes without being said, it's, 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 it's very, very impressive, but you know, I, I kind of want to start like starting, you know, some, on some of the early days, like when you first got started playing music. And I want you to talk a little bit about that. If you can, you know, starting to play saxophone and, and getting involved in music and, 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 and making the choice to attend music school, if, if you could, you know, maybe describe that a little. Yeah, sure. Well, it's, it's, um, there's a pretty good story with how I started to play saxophone, uh, I guess. So I went to Gould's elementary and um, they had, you know, the school band program, as 
most many schools do and they start in grade five which is which is great you know um i mean you play recorder or whatever right and i was i was an okay recorder player but who 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 wants to admit that <laughs> um so so um yeah grade five rolled around and they're like all right you got to pick your pick your like you know your your top three instruments that you want to play and i was like all right number one saxophone and i guess why i really wanted saxophone i don't know like back then you would i suppose like they were playing like bruce springsteen and like stevie wonder on like ntv like in between the shows oh yeah they would play these musical clips yeah yeah yeah, like live concert like clips from like live concerts and stuff like that and i guess that's like that's just a vivid memory i have of like seeing these little clips and being like wow like the saxophone right it's so cool um so i put number one saxophone number two clarinet i was like okay it's you know similar i guess i thought then and then uh, number three nothing like I was like, you know, I was sax clarinet or nothing. I'm, that's right. Either, that's right. That's it's either right. one of these or I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and and really, I was more committed than that. So they're like, okay, clarinet, uh, and I'm like, I'm out. I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so so they knew I was serious about it. And so in grade in grade six, they're like, okay, we better put them on saxophone. And so they did. And so here it is. Whatever you know, twenty however many years later that uh, that uh, I'm still playing saxophone. So. You know, back then, you know, in in school concert bands, it's like, I guess it depends on what school you're at, but like the level, it's not like super intense or, or whatever. You kind of learn the basics. You get to play, you get to play with other people. I mean, there's lots of, lots of great things you learn about kind of music and playing, playing a concert band, you know, you kind of get to learn the basics. And then in high school, I, um, I ended up playing, um, uh, in a kind of like a rock band that we, we were called Subject to Change. So we we were playing at places like uh, McMurdo's, like mm-hmm. before they took the the ceiling out, and uh, and Calio's, and um, yeah, we anyway. So it was uh, myself and um, uh, Brad Kil- Kilpatrick, who's a drummer in in Toronto, and um, uh, and uh, Jesus, I'm gonna this is this is embarrassing. I'm Justin. Um, Jeez, what's Justin's last name? Anyway, Justin was singing, and um, and Rajiv, the bass player, who's a who's a, a doctor now. So we were we were playing. It was basically a glorified Dave Matthews cover band, and uh, so that was you know that was super fun, and um, and then yeah, I guess I don't know. I I liked well. I, I suppose a big a big moment for me, kind of in that in those high school years, was the the Avalon East District Band, and this is like this was like a, a kind of like. I don't know, an elite or like an advanced concert band. And, um, and I had auditioned for it in grade 11 and didn't get in. And then, um, and then uh, in grade 12, I ended up Bastards. getting in. Bastards. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ter- rob- robbed, robbed. But you know, for me, like being in the groups I was in, like I went to Booth, uh, I went to Bishops and I was in the Booth Bishops concert band. And you know, like by my last year, it was like, kind of had had really improved a lot but you know I was playing in that band when I was in junior high as well and so like the level that it was making music at wasn't wasn't super high like I was you know for me I kind of enjoyed practicing the saxophone I kind of knew that when I was kind of started high school so if you just did a little bit like every day then you were probably better than everyone else right, right. it's not like it wasn't it wasn't a high bar mm-hmm. so like so I didn't really yeah, like I definitely didn't deserve to get in in grade 11. Like I wasn't good enough because, you know, Holy Heart back then was like, that was just, they were like kind of the powerhouse um, of kind of like instrumental 
like band and like concert band and jazz band. Like they were they were kind of the pinnacle, and that's uh, thanks to you know the work of Grant Etchegary. And uh, anyway, so I got in, got in district band and um, and I was shit baked. Like I got in and it was like the rehearsals. They were so, it was intense. The music was I remember being really hard. And I, I had this sense for like the first time that, okay, I'm in this group, you know, it was a massive group, like whatever, like 60 people or something. And it's like everyone, like really good players and, uh, you know, people who have gone on into wonderful music careers, like my buddy, Sean Rice, who's a clarinetist who like, we kind of did our undergrad together and he's now uh, plays clarinet with the National Arts Center Orchestra. So this was the kind of caliber of kind of the, you know, the best of the best kind of in around St. John's of, of instrumental uh, players. Anyways, I was really nervous, but that, that kind of being in that group was like, okay, kind of showed me kind of like the, this next level. Okay. You can't just spend a little bit of time on your instrument every day. It's like, this music is hard. You have to learn how to kind of practice and you have to be kind of a bit more disciplined and, and um, you'll be ready for rehearsal. You know, you have to be ready to perform this music kind of in rehearsal. You're not learning it like, every, you know, like in school band, you know, kind of people show up and learn the music in rehearsal. But this was like, no, you actually had to kind of know it already. And then and then you can really make good music if you show up to rehearsal with your music learned. Right. It's not a practice. It's a rehearsal. Um, and then, uh, you know, I um, feel like that was a really good experience. And Grant Etchegary actually, I, I you know, I thought, OK, like I really like music. Like it was kind of late, like grade 12, like realizing, oh, this is, I'm really passionate about this. Like I enjoy practicing. So that's important. If you don't like practicing, don't go to music school. Like it's a bit, <laughs> a bit of advice there. Um, and, um, and yeah, so, so I thought, okay, I'm going to do a year of like general studies or whatever. And then at, at, at Mun and then, and then, um, you know, do an audition and Grant, you know, I kind of mentioned this to Grant and he was like, no, bye. Like, come on now. Like you should be, you should be auditioning. And he ended up getting me a, a really late audition, like in the summer. And, you know, Grant, uh, Grant is one of these people that, you know, if he has his eye on something, he, he gets what he wants. And, uh, and he got me an audition and I don't know how, but I got in, I mean, I was the pits. I mean, really, <laughs> you know, there's one thing playing hard concert band music when you're one of like, whatever, 12 saxophones. And then there's like playing classical solo saxophone repertoire was it something i said <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going keep going don't worry about that yeah yeah so anyway so those are that's a really big difference and you know i had the the great fortune to 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 kind of to kind of get in get into music school and start my studies with um the the late uh paul benza who you know at the time uh you know i didn't know him and he didn't know me but we um you know we um yeah, it was it was a really hard first year. Like I think in that in my practical lessons, like you kind of your lessons are like a course in music school, right? And so in my first semester, that was like, you know, I think I got the first B in my life or something like that. Like it was, you know, it was really challenging. Mm -hmm. And um, but you know, it was a wonderful um, kind of introduction to the world of music in in um, at Memorial and and studying with Paul, who who now like kind of looking at my career and what it's become, you know, Paul was a very um, kind of multi and interdisciplinary musician. Like he was a classical musician. He improvised, he composed, um, and uh, you know, it was interested in lots of different genres. And, and so, and that's, you know, that, you know, was that, was that kind of in me? I'm sure a little bit, but also I got a lot of that from him. So 
So anyways, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of how I got my start. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that's very interesting. And I'd be willing to bet that I know you mentioned that first kind of that first band and you know, you, everybody's first band blows like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, th- but they're crucial elements to starting in, in music. And I mean, I know you do a lot of improv and, 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 and along those lines, I mean, I'd be willing to bet that that first band probably had a little bit of taste of that, which got you to do some of that. It wasn't quite as, as scripted as, as, as maybe, you know, the concert band was like, am I, am I right in saying that? Oh yeah, abs- absolutely. And I mean, like, you know, playing like some really hard music on stage at like whatever, like Mun or Holy Heart Auditorium with a, with a big, with a huge band, like playing some, you know, some like, like Holtz, like, like the, the planets by Holst or something like, like that has a certain, you know, you get something from that. But then I remember in the band, like we had some night at McMurdo's where like we were introduced by, um, by Big Tom, was that the guy's mm-hmm. name? Yep. Yeah. We were introduced by him and the place was packed and the, you know, the crowd was, <laughs> and so like, that's a whole that's a whole different thing, you know, yep. And, yep. and and to be kind of a, a cog or, or like, you know, kind of like a part of a greater whole like that, that that is that's a certain set of, you know, skills and, and you get something out of it. But then to be like to blow a rip and solo and have people cheer and, and like you're kind of like uh, kind of a larger part of a, you know, of a whatever, a four or five piece band. And um, then, uh, you know, that's that's a different feeling. And then like. You know, playing playing a song you wrote where the line is kind of set, and then figuring out, okay, how do I improvise a good solo and and kind of be in the moment? Like, yeah, all those things. Like, I guess I, at the time I didn't really realize or or didn't maybe think that these were like really separate things. And some people, like some classical musicians, like today, don't improvise at all, mm-hmm. or or like people who might take a lead break, like they might kind of write it out first. Like, not everyone is into improvising, but I I was kind of I don't know. I guess I didn't know enough to, to really think about them as 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 really separate things. But I just I was just interested in kind of having these, these varied experiences. So and I think I'm still I'm still doing that. Like and so that's that's funny that, I'm not. I don't really put things in, in really separate like silos in terms of my what I do musically. I, I really I really feel that, kind of exploring different, musical avenues. They all influence one another. Um, and that's kind of, that's been the constant, I guess, in my career. Like I have done a lot of different things, but, um, but the constant is this, uh, is this, uh, searching for newness and, and trying something different. Yeah. You definitely do that. No doubt. Cause I want to talk about what you, what you've been working on in, in, in Toronto, but I want to talk about that a little later because it's been very, it's very interesting what I, I dug up on you and, and kind of what you're doing in Toronto. I mean, it's unique and anyways we're going to talk about that in a little bit I, i'm still sure, i sure. still have a few other questions beforehand before you yeah, yeah uh yeah, on yeah. your website greg you describe yourself as a musical anarchist can you explain this yeah yeah so i think a lot of people think when they when they hear anarchy they think like it's like chaos but but really like in the in the kind of political and philosophical sense it just means like no hierarchy like not saying like this idea or this skill or this thing or person is somehow like higher or more important than than someone else. So I think that's, you know, I mean, the bio game, writing your bio is tough. And I don't think it gets any easier, like the way like the longer you go, because you're like, well, what, 
what, what do I do and how do I explain it in a way that is like interesting, that's like honest, but still interesting. And like, so anyways, so it's tough. There's no doubt about that. It's, it's probably one of the toughest things as, as an artist or you know, as anybody, I, I would think, you know, no matter what kind of field of work you work, you work in, sorry, writing a bio about yourself is basically torture because like you mentioned, <laughs> you're trying to, you're trying to, you know, come across as, as, as who you are, you want to be authentic mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you want to, but you also want to explain the stuff that you're involved in and, and what you've done in your career, but you also don't want to make it nine pages long. And I mean, you could That's go on right. and on and on. So it's, it is a challenging thing, but I love that line musical anarchist. So yeah, yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Yeah. But, but exactly what you said, like writing a bio, like trying to, trying to make yourself sound exciting is torture. Cause you're like, Oh, you know, boy, I, just, I just don't want to say that. Right. But so that line actually came from my partner, uh, Keely Whitelaw. So she did a show. we kind of did a show together in December where like she performed, she's a circus aerialist and she and a bunch of her students and kind of colleagues performed. And then I kind of like put a band together. Um, and we did, we kind of closed out the night with a, with a short set of music. And this is at velvet, uh, formerly Junctions, formerly McMurdo's. But anyways, um, so she was doing these little bios for all the performers and she had like just a few lines and like that was kind of one of the lines that, that she described me. And so that's perfect. So musicians, if you have someone that knows you really well, like get them to write a couple of lines about you because they're going to say something like they're going to, they, because they think about you in a way that you might not think about yourself. Exactly. But, but it might be accurate, you know? So that's where I got that line. And Anyways, it kind of goes back to to this thread throughout my career, my thinking, my my kind of like approach to creative things is that I don't really say, okay, well, playing like a saxophone concerto is somehow like better or more important than, you know, playing a blues at a, at a jam or like composing for, I don't know, yeah, composing for some brand new like electroacoustic saxophone system is like, you know, am I going to do that and not play Balkan folk tunes? Like, like, no, like I just, I can't, I can't really like, or, or I won't, or I don't want to like kind of settle on one thing. And I think that, I don't know, like I've seen people kind of around me, like other musicians in all different kinds of fields and, and, and in walks of, of musical life. And, um, and you know, some people, some people kind of focus in, they kind of find their, their niche or whatever. And, and then they, and then they follow that. But for me, it's, it's really just been about, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still exploring. And that, I think that kind of anarchistic, uh, anarchistic, I don't know the word, but, uh, <laughs> but that, you know, not, not, not feeling like one thing is more important than the other has been, yeah, that's kind of a theme. Right. And, and like, I think you mean like, you know, essentially kind of, pegging yourself to a genre like you know what I mean and in, in sense that you like to be involved in, in different projects and, and different genres different styles of songs I mean that's that I mm. like, I think that's the way you keep learning and you keep exploring like you mentioned you know it's it, it obviously it keeps interesting for yourself but you're always learning then I'm assuming you know you're always learning different styles techniques I mean it all goes hand in hand no doubt um Greg you're currently enrolled uh University of Toronto um can you talk about a little bit about what you've been studying? And, and, and one other thing I wanted to ask you too about university, how is it about the challenges you've kind of, kind of faced, you know, with COVID? I mean, everybody's kind of faced this. I mean, <clears throat> one thing about COVID, it definitely gives you a little bit to talk about, especially on these podcasts, because everybody can relate to it. Everybody's feeling it. Everybody's done it. So, you know, just what are some of the challenges you faced, uh, you, you know, 
during the last over the last year and a half? Right. So, so like I said, like I'm in my kind of finishing my third year of the program and it's likely going to take me four or five years to fully complete. And, um, the program and, and the reason why it takes so long is because there's a whole performance side of it. So basically I have to do kind of three creative projects, um, which for the most part people do, uh, just recitals, but I've done a lecture recital where I was kind of talking about my research and, and, and performed music that's involved in my research. And then I'm doing a recital coming up in June. And I think my third thing is going to be recording. So that's, so that's like one side of the degree. Then the other side is you have to write a thesis and write basically a book, a small book on your topic. So that's why you like, you really need, um, you really need four or five years to, to do that, as you can imagine. Um, so anyways, um, I'm in my third year and um, the coursework that you do is really your first two years. So I was lucky in that by the time, you know, when, when Toronto locked down in like March or April of, um, of last year, like I had all my coursework done. So I didn't necessarily need to be into school to kind of like, so when you're done your coursework, it's kind of completely like an independent study at that point. So, you know, I was, I could still, take um take some lessons in person you know i'm taking composition lessons over zoom and basically it's just like reading reading composing and practicing and i was allowed i was still um i guess when they gave students access to the university um like after the lockdown uh because i'm a grad student uh, i was able to kind of be given a room so really like for me like it was I mean, I, I suppose the lockdown was was challenging and being in Toronto, like we're in our little tiny, you know, one bedroom apartment. And and actually I had um, I had just flown back from Arizona, like when they put the lockdown in place. Um, and I because I was I was uh, presenting at a, at a conference down there. Um, and anyways, and so really when all this stuff about COVID being in North America saying, geez, you know, I was in this really busy like flying out of Phoenix, like super busy airport. And, um, and so I, you know, we said, um, well, we like, I need to isolate. So we were just in, I was just in, I like didn't take out the recycling, like in our apartment, like up on the, the seventh floor of our apartment building in downtown Toronto, like I didn't leave. So, you know, that has, that has challenges. And of, and of course, when things, you know, when it was clear, I wasn't sick, um, uh, yeah, so those first few months, it was it was challenging. But basically, I ended up like renting, I was able to rent some stuff from Long McQuaid and, and kind of try some kind of experimental like recording and improvising stuff. Because it wasn't really, you know, you're in an apartment surrounded by families, you know, I can't be practicing, you know, six hours a day or whatever. Actually, there's a, there's a clause in our lease that like, you can't play more than two hours a day. So I was like, okay, like, I can't, I can't actually get anything done, like really like learn hard repertoire in two hours a day. So it was like, okay, I'm going to improvise and record and edit video and, and kind of do that. So it was like, you know, I think the theme uh, or a lot of people have found that the, the lockdowns and this pandemic, it's been, it's, it's had, it's had, it's had its challenges, but also kind of presented opportunities or forced us to maybe think and act in ways that we normally wouldn't have. So that kind of initial period, I, I felt, um, uh, you know, kind of mentally and socially, maybe like having its challenges, but creatively, because I just decided to go in this, 
you know, to do something a little bit different with the time, then um, it was it was quite fruitful. And then and then after that, you know, in August, I was I was given access to the university. So basically, I had my own room at the university where I could just go in and, you know, whatever, I was just in there every day. And that's, that's what I needed to do to progress in the program. And I could do my reading and, and writing and stuff at home. And, and so, you know, and I'm kind of, I have some hermetic like qualities, you know, I'm not, yeah, you know, I like being social and I like going out and everything like that. But, you know, for kind of long stretches of time, I, I am happy just to have a really simple routine of just, you know, hey, if it's our apartment, and then one other place I can go to that I can kind of make be creative, then, then that's, um, you know, and that's enough. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I, I've been finding a kind of, um, uh, a pattern actually, you know, with, with people I've been interviewing on these podcasts, I always like, you know, to talk about COVID situation. I mean, and, and, and essentially, you know, what, uh, positives basically people have brought out of this and, and you nailed it without me even asking you, you know, it, it forced you to be a little creative in different ways that, I mean, maybe not forced you, but just why not? I mean, you had nothing, right. to, you hadn't, you know, nothing really else to do. So why not try out some improvisation? Why not try out some editing of video stuff? Maybe you're not too familiar with similar to me starting this podcast is exactly what it was. I had no idea how to edit audio, how to edit video, how to interview people. I mean, and it's all been a learning process, but it's, it's really forced me to, to try something different. And I'm, you know, I'm obviously thrilled that I did that. And I'm, I'd be willing to bet that most people are have have found some form of of especially creative people i mean people just mm -hmm. they just crack up eventually you know what i mean like you That's gotta nice. have yeah. some type of creative outlet especially if you're used to performing or you know being around people or just doing different types of creative things you know so uh, yeah, that's very interesting how, how it's how it's definitely made people, uh, you know, kind of do some, some different things. Um, one thing I mentioned, or I noticed Greg as well, uh, you're part of the union at the at the university. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. So I've been kind of involved in the kind of the labor movement for, um, for a number of years. And, and uh, you're involved with in St. John's here as well in Newfoundland, right? Well, yeah, like for for I, I did my um, whatever my term as uh, as president of the Newfoundland and Labrador Musicians Association um, and that's a local a local um, eight, uh, 820 of um, of uh, the American Federation of the American Federation of Musicians of the United States and Canada so it's called CFM Canadian Federation of Musicians or AFM it's kind of all the same thing so yeah so I was kind of on the executive of that organization for a little while and then there was an opportunity and, and I, I kind of took it to be, to be president and, and, you know, the, it's a small local. I mean, I mean, that's a whole kind of like the music industry and kind of music as work and music as labor. Like that's, that's a really big topic that I'm happy to talk about, but, but anyways, so when, when I, when I became uh, president of that organization, I really thought like, well, what's one place that we, we can really like, kind of change like positively affect the kind of musical work culture here in St. John's and I thought you know the orchestra here isn't unionized and many many orchestras across the nation are and um, you know so I started setting up town halls and info sessions and talking with orchestra members and started a, a drive to to unionize and um and it happened not while I was president, but um, but uh, a year or two after I had done my term because I was moving to Toronto and 
And so the the wonderful, um, like I gotta give a shout out to Rosalind McPhail, who's just been the um, executive director there for for years. Like she is the the bedrock of of that organization. And um, yeah, and basically um, signing you know signing the collective agreement. Um, with the with their employer now all the orchestra musicians you know they know how many uh, how many sessions they'll have in a year you know they get their music at a certain time the kind of protocols for hiring and firing and all that that's all that's all set I mean basically it was um, kind of a regularly performing professional organization without the infrastructure in place of like having contracts and things things like that and kind of like we know that as people who are like bar musicians and, and who play kind of in rock bands and stuff like that, like the music kind of industry is so informal here in St. John's and that it has its advantages, but also has its disadvantages. And so like the idea of your, so I think like that because music is such an ingrained part of the culture here in Newfoundland and Labrador, like when people move from being like whatever, playing at home in your kitchen or at parties or whatever to like playing in a bar often it's like people don't really think about it any differently but of course if you're trying to make a career of it then you know having certain things in place um are you know is really is really beneficial so 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 anyways when i when i went up to uh university of toronto there was um there was no steward so it's like a shop shop steward like at any other place so you know, University of Toronto is a massive place. Um, the, the Canadian um, Union of Public Employee, Employees, <laughs> yeah, CUPE, um, like the the local 3902 that I'm involved in is one of the biggest, one of the largest in the country. And it's all the TAs, all the teaching assistants, um, basically. And um, yeah, so I decided to, to um, there was no one, so I was kind of ran unopposed and I became the, the, um, the steward for the faculty of music and that's been a really interesting experience because you know the the kind of like looseness or the informality of that often appears in the music industry sometimes finds its way into the university and to me like like even with the orchestra like i feel like the orchestra that should be the pinnacle of like that should be the best gig right like in, in, in my in my mind like you should know when you're playing you should be paid well you should have all the things like that people want in their careers like stability and just clarity and all that and um and i feel like universities should be the same way um but um without uh i think without kind of union representation there's a lot of you know there's shady stuff that goes on and and so there's there's that side of it, but also there's also helping you know i get emails all the time from people that say Oh, like I'm, you know, it looks like I'm going to go over my hours, my, t my allotted TA hours. And of course there's no overtime. So I helped them to navigate that. Like it isn't always kind of confrontational. I said, well, look, uh, you know, try and send this kind of email to the prof or kind of, so I help. so there, there's that. So there's like the kind of like more activist side that it's like organizing and, and, um, and, um, yeah, mobilizing and bargaining with the employer. There's all that. But then there's also the kind of more informal side that just helps kind of workers in the music school just navigate their work and help find a balance between their work and their creative acts and their research and all this and, and just help them uh, kind of, yeah, help them navigate that.
Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's super interesting. And I mean, it's great to have a voice for the people like that. I mean, that, that, that helps a lot. And I, that's very neat about the, uh, the orchestra here in Newfoundland. I never knew that you were kind of the, the driving force behind that. I mean, that's, uh, I'd be willing to bet that probably is, is quite a stress relief for a lot of people probably involved in, in that. I mean, that has to be challenging. Like you say, you know, not knowing, I know, trust me, I know all about the, the loosely fitted uh, music scene and, and, on payment terms. And I mean, it's a disaster, honestly, it's a disaster. Yeah. There's no, yeah. there's no regulations to it. I mean, it's, it's, you fight scratch and crawl basically for what you can get. And uh, so it's challenging. So, I mean, <clears throat> for somebody, especially, you know, involved in the orchestra who has probably done years of schooling and, and years and years and years and years of practice. And I'm not downplaying anybody who's in a rock band who plays in bars because they do equally just as much don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. but you've also probably invested thousands of dollars into schooling so i mean to be unionized at some point and and to know that that your work is structured i mean that has to be quite a relief off of people's backs no doubt yeah and and the thing that the um a big thing other than just let's say the um the nuts and bolts of like how long your rehearsal is and how many rehearsals per gig and how many gigs you have the year like before before the contract kind of was put in place or the collective agreement was put in place you know people would think they had a gig and then told oh yeah we that was you know oh that email was wrong there's actually no no trumpet in in this concert and so people have this week weekend or week of rehearsals or you know if it's a week or two weeks or whatever booked off completely um for the whole year and then, you know, the week before they find out, oh, no, that's you're, you're not in this concert. Right. So that kind of that thing was happening. So that having the collective agreement in, in place, I think, like helped just help that. But then the, the big thing is that now they um, now the um, uh, the players get uh, get pension paid on their. So so players who like up until this point, you know, might have been playing with the orchestra for whatever, you know, 20 years. They're not getting any, not getting any pension. And I mean, this is the the NSO. You know, they've they've been able to weather the storm of you know low concert attendance and um, and struggling orchestras. Like it's happening across Canada. The orchestra has been able to to weather that. And so, but yet the players haven't really had the benefit of like what you get in other long long term forms of employment, like with uh, in other industries. So now people are able to to build up a pension and. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, in terms of the details and, and everything like that, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not sure, but, uh, but that's part of it now. So, so that, and again, like having that reflect that being like the model and the pinnacle and like, that's what we want. I mean, hopefully there's other people see this and say, well, okay, well, if the orchestra gets to, gets to do that, like if I'm whatever being hired for a private gig or something, yeah, I can use a contract and, and whatever you know even if you're not in like in the union uh, per se um but uh kind of just kind of raise the bar of the thinking about musical work in uh in newfoundland and labrador that's you know that was my whole thought behind behind that process no it's incredible and hats off to you for kind of you know leading that force i mean like you mentioned you were obviously in toronto when it all kind of you know they kind of seal the deal per se mm -hmm. but uh, i mean yeah. i know you were obviously the driving force behind it i mean that's that's hats off to you i mean that's incredible um, another yes, cool yeah. thing, you know, to get away from the schooling a bit, I know like mm -hmm. we, obviously we've been chatting. I mean, you're, you front your own band, basically, you know what I mean? Like you were a composer for Orboros. I mean, but you've also mm -hmm. played in like, you know, rock 
ska outfits, Baytown. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, there's been a ton of different projects. Can you talk about some of that stuff? I mean, within within St. John's and, and the touring scene and, and, you know, kind of what the differences are between though that and, you know, kind of the orchestra stuff, you know, or, or, or concert band stuff, you know, what the difference is in those two contrasting worlds, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah. So some of the bands I've played with, like I mentioned that for the first band I was, um, I was, I was playing in, um, but, uh, yeah, I played in uh, funky Dory many years ago. We were kind of like a funk band. We played some of the, some of the classics and the standards, but we also wrote like kind of, um, we wrote original kind of funk jazz music. So that was, um, that was a lot of fun. Now, now that band never toured. We record, we recorded one album, never toured, but I think that's like, that's the case with so many groups in St. John's that are writing really interesting music, have a banger live show, and there's just a huge, the huge kind of geographic and financial barrier that it takes to leave the city or leave the island, uh, leave the province is, um, you know, like, so the, the, the number of bands who I think are like, could be, you know, at that national or international level, which there are, there are tons here, just never, never get like discovered or, or never make it off the island. And, um, well, it's challenging, so, you know, like the, the, yeah. the, the, like you mentioned, the ge- geographical challenges that, that bands face. And then I find what happens a lot of times is that you find like, you'll have a, a great band who are like, you mentioned, you know, a banger live show, writing really good originals, probably some good recordings as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, probably by the time they get their shit together and even figure out how to get off the island, three members of the band have quit because they've got another job and and then life goes on. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's, that's Mm -hmm. the case. But I mean, that's kind of what happens and bands kind of fizzle away, you know, it's, it's definitely challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think like, yeah, like playing, I don't know, like people who don't like aren't musical or aren't involved in bands, like playing a band is a lot of work and kudos to any group who, lasts longer than like five years because life changes and any group who's done any touring like it's it's a real um you know it's a real slog like being in newfoundland like it's so expensive to to mount a tour and then basically you gotta be ready to be torn all the time (laughs) if you want to like capitalize on your tours it's like doing one is like nothing right it's like you don't get anything out of it it's like the follow-up and then the follow-up right and doing all the industry conferences and doing everything like that so so yeah so that's definitely like i mean i like the idea of of um you know kind of bands and i mean that and that's a great thing about saint john's is that there is such a good live live um like live music culture that there are bands who are good that can play here and make some money hey that's great they don't necessarily need to um, need to be touring and like kind of like make it or blow up to feel like okay we can we can like play on the weekends and feel like yeah the, you know the money can be okay um, and that was a case like I think so many bands follow this trajectory like my band Ouroboros you know we started out um, you know so we're a five-piece band four saxes and drums and um, you know all, all instrumental and you know we started out like say our first two years maybe it's like Man, we I remember our, our CD release at the ship um, our, for our first album. Like there was a lineup like around the block to get in. Like it was rammed and we played shows at the Fat Cat that were like that, you know, and, and still like we're really lucky. Like we did, we had 100 people sitting in a show at the Rock House in December. 
So like we're still able to have a have a pretty good draw. But basically, you know, you 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 build up some credibility and and you know you're you're playing shows and you're improving your your live show and everything like that. Maybe you're doing a few um, you know industry conferences and things like that. And then if you're like, okay, now we have to start touring to like try and grow our audience or whatever. As soon as that point happens, you're like, all right, we can't take any money from the live shows. All of a sudden, you go from like being successful at the local level and feeling like, okay, like I'm making some money. Then, then it's like, now we're making nothing. Like we're we're <laughs> we're like getting bigger, but now we can't like pocketing the money. It all has to go into the band fund to to pay for plane tickets, to pay for, you know, you got to be ready. Like, yeah, you're applying for touring grants and things like that, but. You, you can't you can't start booking it once you find out that got you got the money you got to like book beforehand and everything like that so so yeah there's that whole like that's a that's a whole industry thing and I think kind of being in the classical and kind of jazz world as well like there's certainly that thinking in the jazz world and I think especially you know in Newfoundland and Labrador like for people who are playing classical music I think they could benefit from more of that um, more of that mentality of like kind of hustling gigs and, and, and kind of growing your audience. But for whatever reason, I think it's this weird, the, the, um, the like interplay or the, the difference between kind of like academic music making versus um, like professional, like out in the world music making. Like there's this, there's this weird divide and I'm someone who's kind of trying to, trying to blend the two, but a lot of people, you know, um, they start making music kind of like at the academy, in the university, in the institution, and and don't and don't leave there. And for some people, they can make a career of it doing that, like teaching and just kind of being being in the university kind of system. But I think there's something really lost there. Like you're not really um, you're not connecting with kind of like the wider population. And so. Um, so yeah, so anyways, I don't know, like my, my band Ouroboros, like I feel like we've done some university shows and I think our music is like somewhat, you know, weird in that, you know, trying to take some like different sounds and, and put that in the music. I mean, jazz music has kind of kind of done that for years and um, and yeah, so anyways, yeah, so that, that's a that's a basic, you know, a basic basic rundown. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I like I like the I, I really enjoy touring and and uh, even though it's a slog, but I also, you know, like I'm presenting at conferences and, you know, back in the day, I like won, won the concerto competition here. So I was like playing with, with the orchestra and yeah. So like it all, it all goes into the pot. <laughs> yeah, all, no, no know, doubt. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How, how hilarious was that tour we went on? <laughs> we were in Montreal and Toronto and oh. we were talking about Jimmy wearing the crown or something. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah. Yeah. What was he? He was crown. the Duke. The he was Duke. the Duke. He was the Duke of Duke. agony, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, my God, that's, man! I think the Duke of agony. The yeah, yeah. Duke of agony is probably yeah. one of the funniest terms I've ever heard described, he, especially he made, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh yeah. He made a shirt, a T-shirt of it. I think he it. did. Yes. Yeah, you're right. The yeah. red shirt with the crown yeah, on the it. Crown. Wasn't it? Yeah. I think it said Duke on it. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to keep you for too long. I mean, I, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I mean, this is a great chat. I almost like to have you on again some other time because I, I feel like I have so much more left to ask you. But um, and I love, uh, you know, uh, like a like a true blue Newfoundlander. I love talking. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and it's it's very interesting. I, I mean, I, I love it. But 
Um, I, I know you. I know you do some teaching and stuff. That are great. A, a, a lot of teaching, I would imagine. I like. How has that been during COVID? I mean, have you been doing a lot of online stuff or in anything in person or you know how's that kind of work? And yeah, so I think like um, you know every musician who's like playing gigs should try and teach. Like I think it's some people. I know some some people kind of avoid it, but in terms of like the money and the consistency and and just like yeah, even if you're just you don't. And I think a lot of people feel like, oh, like I'm not trained or like I've never like I haven't taken a lot of lessons. Like basically, like there are all kinds of different teaching philosophies. But even if you're just taking students through what you do, that's good. That's going to really resonate with some students. And uh, and I kind of teach like, you know, I'm not a big lesson planner, but like I consider like when someone studies with me and stays with me, they do that for like who I am and my experiences, not necessarily like every minute of the lesson being laid out and planned and having, you know, it's like, okay, I'm bringing my whole breadth of experiences into the lesson. And that's, that's what I'm trying to convey. So anyways, everyone, you know, more musicians should teach, I think. Um, but yeah, so when I moved up to Toronto, um, I kind of put it out to my students here in St. John's that like, if you want to keep studying with me, we can do lessons over Skype. Right. And that's, you know, before zoom kind of blew up, right. And Skype lessons. And so I was already like in the first, I guess like two two years, year and a half of being up in Toronto, uh, teaching Skype lessons to like you know half a dozen students uh, here in St. John's, and so then when it was when lockdown happened, it really didn't matter. Yeah, you know? perfect. Yeah, it's just, yeah, you're already riding it out. You're in the saddle there. Yeah, yeah. So like you know we I use you know Google Docs and and we write all the lesson notes in Google Docs so they can see it. Um, you know we have a Google fold you know a Drive folder where we say okay you record this or you overdub your part onto this thing. Like I work, uh, you know, I use books sometimes that have like the, the backing track CD kind of thing. And so, so they learn, it's almost like, like it's music lessons, but it's also music technology. So you learn about, oh, like learning how to set your gain and, and where the mic is and how that affects the sound. And so that's part of it. But then we're just doing, you know, doing saxophone stuff, like beat it, whatever it is, improvising or etudes or working through a book or, you know, we do sound tone production, everything like that. So, I mean, there's, there's challenges. Like there is a certain, you know, the sound doesn't uh, translate a hundred percent. And, and there really isn't like being in the room and hearing that sound, and especially, especially for kids, like, you know, they're not hearing saxophone on the radio every day. So I think it's, you know, it's really important. Like I, I demonstrate a lot and because they're not hearing like a professional saxophonist play every day of their lives. Whereas that's a big difference between like, say like a lot of people get put in lessons because all oh, they're in band. So it's like a bit of a different thing than, oh, like a kid who just listens to rock and roll all day and goes take guitar lessons. So in that sense, it's like, you know, it's a bit of a, bit of a different thing. So, um, so yeah, so it's been great. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it and, and integrate that kind of technology side to it, but it's been, it's been really good. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I never quite thought about it like that. You're right. You know how like rock music essentially is everybody is surrounded by that, whether you like it or not, it's just, it's on the radio. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're, if you're in a car, you're, you hear it, you're in a grocery store, you hear it. I mean, it's just right. naturally around, but whereas mm -hmm 
sax music it's it's not necessarily always around so yeah that is a, that's a great take on that i really like that it's really interesting mm-hmm. um greg i'm not going to keep you for too much longer would you come back another time and have another chat with me sometime maybe in a, in a year or so or something like that maybe yes yes man i i'd, I'd love love to like i i <laughs> Just enjoy enjoy chatting and uh, and it's been great, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd love to catch up again in, in a year or so, especially when everything kind of shags off from COVID. And I'd love to get another take on on how how uh, the program has been going. And and yeah. uh, and I'd like to dig in a few more things because you've got a real creative mind on on especially the uh, um, like the workload. I remember I remember when we were even torn. I just uh, I remember kind of picking your brain on stuff, and I always uh, always found you very very interesting. So uh, so thanks again for coming on, man. I really really appreciate yeah. it and My taking pleasure. the time today. Yeah, uh, you know, for anybody who wants to check you out, Greg, or check out your bands, where can we find you two online? Yeah, so I uh, I'm on Instagram. I post fairly regularly to that. My handle is Greg the Square. I'm also uh, yeah, you can look me up. Uh, I don't. I post on my personal Facebook, but my Facebook page is, uh, I think, at, at Greg Bruce Music. Um, my website is gregbruce.ca. I haven't, uh, I really liked your move. Um, like several months ago, I saw your, you started your YouTube channel and you were like, oh, like, I don't get my own channel name until you get so many subscribers. So I really, I really like that. So I, I'm trying, I'm trying to do that. I think I only have 25 subscribers. So I think if you look up great you know greg the square i mean if you go to my website gregbruce.ca you can follow the links so i'm um i just did a concert there on on friday and we recorded it so i'm going to be releasing some of the tracks from that concert uh, on youtube and and on instagram you get to kind of hear and see all my like I'm, I'm posting stuff that i'm practicing so all the weird kind of experimental stuff that i'm that i'm doing so um yeah you can get an get an idea of that and, and kind of hear what i'm at yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks again, Greg. I really appreciate you coming on today, man. Safe travels back to Toronto. Yes, and uh, we'll catch up soon in the near future. Perfect. Thanks, Dave. Uh, all right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Huge thanks to Greg for coming on there. I mean, I could have went on for hours, honestly. I definitely plan on having Greg back. I mean, he's just such a wealth of knowledge. It's it's incredible. Uh, I, I never even got to ask him half the questions I wanted to ask him because he's just filled with so much information, and I feel like I could just sit there and listen to him talk for days. He's just, you know, very, very smart about, and he knows what he's talking about. He definitely knows his shit. Uh, so once again, big thanks to Greg for, for, uh, for coming on there. Make sure you do check him out online and check out his bands. I mean, they're super fun. If you get a chance to check out a show, it's full of energy and excitement and it's just a you know really great atmosphere no doubt um you know that about does it for me guys once again thanks again to everybody who's tuned into the podcast and thanks everybody who's been sharing the episodes thanks for all the great feedback and you know everybody who's wrote me uh it's it's been a real pleasure you know pulling these off every week um going to be back next week of course you know i'm going to keep these rolling as long as i can and as long as the interesting guests keep coming at me uh love having a chat with everybody and, and and learning about all the different sorts of things that people are up to it's it's been a it's been a real delight i gotta say uh once again make sure you do check me out on sunday i'll be at green sleeves uh 6 30 to 10 30 banging out some tunes of course and you know you can follow me on all my social media channels at dave witty uh follow me and subscribe on youtube and, and same with spotify as well guys um, and I'm not going to bother you with uh, any sponsor talk this week, but I am still looking for one. So if you want to hit me up, you know, the, you know, the rules, you know, how it's going, just give me a shout and let's, let's chat about something. But yeah, that about does it for me, guys. My name is Dave Witty, um, from downtown St. John's, Newfoundland. You guys have a good one. Peace. <laughs>